Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast. Authentic conversations with modern medicine women and goddesspreneurs alike, inspiring you to build your queendom with grace. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I am beyond thrilled to be here with you on this episode. Before I go any further, I just want to say vision board dreams come true. <laughs> When I got the email from Ruby Warrington that she wanted to be on the podcast, I was like, oh my God, manifestation, yes. So when I was doing Marie Forleo's B-School, it was talking about like, who are the people that you want to work with in certain spans of time? And Ruby was on my list. And then to be able to get her email, I was just like, oh my God, thank you, universe. It's all happening. So... I'm beyond thrilled about this episode, and it may be my favorite episode to date. And we talked about everything in this episode, and it was, uh, it's just so juicy. But before I go any further, I just want to check in with you and see how you've been feeling with this Mercury retrograde. For me, I am a double Mercury, right? My sun and my moon are both ruled by the planet Mercury of communication, so... The fact that this Mercury retrograde started on a Gemini full moon and I'm a Gemini, it just was, uh, it's been so divinely perfect. (laughs) I've been really grateful for this Mercury retrograde so far. And it's been also really challenging because, you know, living in California and seeing all of these fires that are happening, my heart is just breaking for all the people who have lost all of their belongings and for all the wildlife that are freaking out and don't know what to do or, you know, are losing their lives. The whole state's been on fire this month, so I should say this year. And because Northern California was was about in early fall. So if you can just take a little prayer, a moment of prayer um, for California, for the winds to die down and for the water to really come through. It's been really, it's been tough for sure. Energetically, you can feel it. And it's, you know, I just also feel like it's Kali Ma just really like purging and releasing all of what no longer serves. And so that we can go into this new year, this emergence, right? This metamorphosis. I've been talking about this all summer, this metamorphosis of like us really being who we are meant to be. And that's why I really love this episode because Ruby is one of the one of the realest people I've ever had a conversation with and I've ever met and I'm just so grateful for her existence on this planet and the work that she's doing with the Numinous and with my girl Alexandra Roxo for Moon Club. Alexandra's on episode eight of the Sovereign Goddess podcast. So I highly suggest you check it out. But Moon Club just celebrated their one year anniversary and I remember talking to Alexandra a year ago about when she was starting Moon Club. So it's been super awesome to see how that's been really showing up. But if you don't know Ruby, she's a really rad British journalist and she's now the author of Material Girl Mystical World. But you may know her more so for The Numinous. And I love this site. It's just a beautiful cosmic lifestyle platform that's really like helping bring the mystical world to the mainstream. And that's what we need right now is we're jumping into this golden era. You know, I've been talking about this golden era through my e-course Stay Woke, which is $88 until January 1st. And then it's going to go up to 143 So 
this e-course is a guide to thrive in the golden era and it's just all about like radical forgiveness and cultivating sacred space and ritual and really owning your own power and showing up and I think Ruby does that so well and she you know she works with brands on a consultancy basis and she writes for a lot of publications and her stuff has been featured all over the world and what I also love about her is that she's very open about her sobriety, but she's like, I don't really call it sobriety because sometimes I'll partake in alcohol as a ceremony or for a celebration. And I love that. I feel like, you know, especially as a yoga teacher, for me, I'm always faced up against people being like, oh, you have to be 100% sober. And that may be the path for some people, but for some people, they really love ceremony and they really appreciate these sacred plants and the medicines that they do offer. It's just that over the years through our culture, there's been abuse, right? But a lot of these are inten- are medicines that can really help. And so we talked a lot about that in this episode and she has these Sober Curious events though, and it's called Club Soda. And she does like these like sober rave kind of environment parties and super rad. I mean, you've heard from episodes before and even on this episode, like I've done Burning Man 100% sober. I've been doing festivals sober. So I just really appreciate that there's other like rad women that are honoring that and really doing something to really help people who don't want to get fucked up all the time to have a place where they can still have fun and live life. And so I just really appreciate her for doing that club soda. But we came here to really talk a lot about Material Girl Mystical World too. And it's such a great book that's just really helping women find their authentic voice. And obviously, you know, that's like my mantra, be real, be authentic, and vulnerability is sexy. So I just really appreciate the work that she's doing. And so in this episode, we talked about everything, right? We talked about her bitch slap from the universe, and we talked about facing our fears to really become our most authentic self and what it takes to really leave behind the career that isn't really serving anymore because a lot of people who are really tapping in and waking up, they're realizing like, whoa, this work isn't actually in alignment with me anymore, and a lot of people are afraid to leave because they're comfortable, but Ruby talked about her journey, and I love that. And we also talked about like really the importance of cultivating self-care because as you wake up, you know, you become more increasingly sensitive. So how you can really honor that and what are some things that you need to do to really respect yourself and your boundaries. So we talked about boundaries and we also talked about menstrual cycles and we talked about current events and what's happening and, you know, what's how people are really living in the moment right now and meditation and feminine leadership, community building. We talked about all of it. It was just, this is, like I said, this is one of my favorite episodes. Like I felt like I could have talked to Ruby forever, but respecting her time, you know, we can't, we had to say au revoir every once in a while, (laughs) but I'm really excited for you to check out this episode and What's super awesome, too, is that she's doing a retreat at Capralo, New Year, New You, and it's from January 1st to the 5th in New York, um, or on the East Coast, I should say. And I really feel you, if you're on the East Coast, I would say go. And if you are someone who loves spontaneous trips, 
I have done many retreats at Sahara Rose. <laughs> I literally, I remember I booked my ticket to go to Costa Rica for her retreat on like on Saturday or Sunday, and I was in Costa Rica on Thursday. So I'm living proof and living example that I've been one of those people that just feel the hunch last minute to book a plane ticket and go. So if you're feeling like you need that and you want to really go into the new year feeling super solid and like really clear, I would say you would definitely should go to Carpalo for New Year, New You. And so again, that's January 1st to the 5th and there's all the goodness, all the teachers. And so here we are. Now we're in this episode and there's only a few left of this year. And I'm just super stoked to share this episode with you. And I'm really excited to hear what you thought. Um, If you love this episode, you can send us a message either on YouTube. That's the thing. All these podcasts are now on YouTube. So now you can actually watch a lot of the podcasts with the person that I'm interviewing. So you can like join the party. So I'd love your comments either on YouTube all of the muse, all of the sound audio portion of this podcast is all on uh, SoundCloud. So you can even leave reviews on SoundCloud. But if you really love us, if you can leave a review on iTunes, so that more people can find this episode, these episodes, and this podcast. And you know, we're here for you, and we just really are doing our best to support you and see this collective consciousness really elevate and thrive in this golden era, or as Ruby calls it. The new, the now age, right? This new age is now the now age, and it's the time is now to really be who you are, live in the moment, and show up as your rad, authentic self. So, without further ado, I introduce you to Chapter Twenty Six of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast: Cultivating Conscious Community and Material Girl Mystical World with Ruby Warrington. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to. An exciting episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast. Authentic conversations with modern medicine women and goddess panors alike, inspiring you to build your queendom with grace. Oh my gosh, this is like so good. So this is like vision <laughs> dreams, like vision board dreams coming true. With oh, I'm so honored to have Ruby Warrington of the Numinous here. And we are talking about all things Material Girl, Mystical World, her new book. Yeah, you Liter- got her there. Amazing. Oh, I got like, <laughs> you have, like-, <laughs> like there's like post-it notes. I'm like, yeah, she's on to something. Uh, it's- That's my favorite site, you know, because I put so much research into that book, like not only interviews and books I was reading, but just like experiences I was having and revelations and all of it. And so when I see that, I'm like, yes, people are hearing, people are hearing what's in there. You oh know, my that's God. It's coming yeah. through. The transmission is, is working. Yes. It's like gonzo journalism, like to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Good point. So if you don't know what gonzo journalism is, it's like really immersing yourself in the situation and like really being part of the experience to be able to share. And, you know, you mm-hmm. have the numinous, which is just incredible. And, you know, you have your background with journalism in the fashion mm-hmm. industry. So there's, there's that thing that was so funny because there was one thing that came to me so strong in your book and you're talking about your fear of public speaking. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh my God, now she's like on podcasts and doing all these interviews and she's having to face this like massive fear where she can't be hiding behind a screen and typing. Like she has to come up 
and like be her fullest authentic expressions. So how has that been? Like just to start in, how has it been? Thank you so much for recognizing that and even starting this conversation that way because it's a huge fear. And I almost felt like when I was writing about it, that who doesn't have a fear of public speaking? It's the thing that everybody says. But like, honestly, it's so, it, it has been so petrifying for me. And I was thinking about it just the other day because it's things like this, which are kind of less fearful, but then it's like hosting bigger events um, or, you know, speaking, doing talks, or even doing book readings, to kind of bigger groups and things. It's like really a thing. And it, it used to be that my, it would be in my mind and it would be on repeat for kind of like weeks beforehand. And then afterwards, I'd still feel really kind of like um, over-adrenalized and my nervous system would just be like firing all over the place. And that would last for a couple of days. And so it was kind of like just this constant sense of this feeling of just discomfort. And I realized the other day that that hasn't necessarily gone away, but I've got comfortable with it. And something I often talk about when I'm talking about our growth and our evolution and really kind of like pushing our limits and stepping up beyond our fears is this idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And I realized I've kind of like got to that point with the public speaking. Like it's no longer paralyzing to me. It's no longer so fearful. It's deeply uncomfortable still, but it's like, there's not even, there's like no separation between me just like feeling the fear and doing it anyway, basically. <laughs> I'm proud so it's of kind you. Of, it's been, it's <laughs> been, yeah, thank you for recognizing it. That has been the biggest challenge, in fact, of this whole year, you know? And I, I, but I also can now really, really witness and appreciate the value in being pushed into that situation. It's a bit like a kid being pushed into a pool and just told swim, you know? Yeah. And then we, from that experience, like the things that we're most fearful of, like those are usually the places of like the deep nuggets and like the medicines, like, you know, the heroine's journey of like, I was able to like slay this dragon of like speaking up and now it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is I have actually come to really love doing podcasts. I do love this format, you know, it feels super real and it feels very rich to me. And because I really, I love actually one-on-one conversations. Um, I, I think that's one of the reasons I've loved journalism because I love doing interviews with people myself, you know? Yeah. I love, I love that kind of just that having that excuse to like get super deep with someone one on one. So, love yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> funny because there's so many parallels with your life and my life. Like I wasn't in the fashion industry, but I was a music blogger. So I was like uh, yeah. going to all the raves and interviewing all the DJs and like talking all about that. But then that wasn't really fulfilling me anymore. Mm. And I know that's what you really talk about a lot mm. um, in the book on how like you had to leave the fashion and the fashion world of all the glitz and glam and the freebies mm. and all these mm. things. And mm-hmm. then it was like your soul was really yearning for something more enriching and something deeper so how was that taking the plunge to you know listen to your intuition and to be like okay like this is time for me to evolve my spirit and my soul and to do something that's a little more rewarding I guess I did it in a very sort of like I was very looking back and it wasn't intended this way I did it in a way that was actually very kind on my nervous system like I really took it one step at a time it's only so I've been working on the numinous kind of behind the scenes for a bit before actually launching it in 2013 up to now. So probably about five, five and a half years or so. And actually only really this year that I've, I've fully really closed the door on the kind of journalism world. And that's essentially, that's the career that's been supporting me while I've been building this sole project. So it's like, it's been a very, it's been a slow process, 
of kind of like um, separation, I suppose, <laughs> from all of those things. And it's and I, I'm still not 100% separated from it. Like, but I'm much more able to see now um, what value I can get from that world and what what how it, and the ways in which it's like it a remix, right? It's like a yeah, remix like and a how remix. you're. How you're able to like intertwine and like infuse your own kind of thing because, you know, even like in the book, you're talking about the things like, because I have so many people ask me about Dharma, right? Right. And so the the things that really light us up when we're younger are the things Mm. that are very much in align with how we are here to serve and do our purpose. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's just, there's things that are still components of it that people forget like they're like oh my god I completely abandoned it but there's still components of it in the next phase that come through I mean like I said you know I always have loved interviewing people and my I see a big part of my dharma is storytelling right and story medicine and so the sharing of people's stories has always been a thread running throughout my career that I really got so much from in the journalism career just it wasn't enough because it wasn't attached to or aligned with any kind of like a bigger purpose or a sense of anything that felt particularly meaningful to me you know the stories I was sharing weren't necessarily meaningful to me on a deeper level so that's been the missing piece but in terms of like following my intuition into work it creating a project of my own and and following the path into the numiverse as i say um it really kind of got to a point where i ignored it for long enough that it was really bashing me over the head in quite a painful way you know i was yeah, yeah. i know <laughs> self-medicating slash abusing lots yeah. of substances yeah. to kind of like try and shut the voice down and um that went on for a while and was obviously quite um, damaging to my overall well-being. Um, and then, yeah, just ignored it for way longer than was really respectful. <laughs> yeah, and then the, you know the, the universe will like slap you. It's like a bitch slap. Yeah, like, you know? my bitch slap came along in such a like glamorous kind of like diamond, Lucky. diamondy studded <laughs> glove. Because it was like, hey, bitch, we're moving you to New York. We're going to pluck you out of this nice, comfortable situation you've got going on here in London that you think is so fabulous but isn't and we're going to move you to New York so it looked all like oh even more excitement and glamour great but then actually the, the move and it's so interesting I've only really looked at it this way recently but that move was actually very traumatic which sounds ridiculous on the surface because it's like wow how cool but at the same time it was like I left behind the job that had given me my entire sense of identity all my family and friends, it was like being plunged into, I mean, New York's an intense, I don't know if you've ever spent much time my here. Fam, or... I'm from, my family are New Yorkers, oh, so oh, I'm like, I've got okay. the, like, the New York, like, yeah, swag, right. but like the California, like, chill, Yeah, you very know? cool. Well, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very expensive city, as you know, mm. and it's kind of just like, just all of it was like, wow, this is actually so intense. Um, it's high energy all the time too. And you have to navigate through a lot. And I'm sure like during this work, like you've become more increasingly sensitive. Oh yes, definitely. And I'm so thankful for that. But at the same time, that involves so much TLC of the self really, you know? Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why self care is such a kind of buzzword. It's because so many more people are really sensitizing to, our energy, where it's leaked, how it's stolen, um, all of these things, and are really sensitizing 
to the idea that we need to for our for our well being and our sanity. As I have my piece of black tourmaline and smoky quartz <laughs> in my hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> As I have my little bit of raw chocolate here for energy in the afternoon. <laughs> these yes. things these you know are tools these are part of our yeah. spiritual toolkits to really yeah. show up and do the exactly. work exactly that's exactly how i always put it yeah yeah and it's really interesting because you know i know you have like club soda too and you're mm. doing a lot of more like uh, conscious partying and mm-hmm. like being aware of that and i know like with i'm seeing that transition in my life too like mm. um last year burning man i did it 100 sober i almost did no Amazing. sugar yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that was like 10 days. I set up camp wow. too. So it was like Amazing. 10 days that, yeah, it was the most empowering, yes. um, like 10 days of my life. Absolutely. <sighs> and so even now, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing these like alchemy sessions where I'm teaching Kundalini yoga and I have my DJ duo, Feather and Dot, like doing like electronic mantra music and we're doing like ecstatic yes. dance and stuff like that. Oh, so it's so like, good. Yeah. And it feels so great. Like it feels yes. good, you know, and to be able, I'm really appreciating like the amount of boundaries, you know, you talk about these boundaries and like the self care and the book. And mm. sometimes you have to like not even walk away, but just like move yourself from situations or from friends that, you know, as you are super sensitive, you need to be able to tune in and acknowledge what the intuition is telling you to like, yes. you know, be yes. more conscious, be more conscious about like the actions you're doing or what you're partaking in. What you're taking in. That's exactly it. When I think about like toxicity, I think about substances that I might be consuming. I think the toxins that are just generally in the environment, but I equally think about toxic thoughts, toxic conversations, toxic relationships, like all of that has an impact on my energy the container that I am consciously creating in order to come out into the world and do the work that I really feel called to do. So yeah, it goes across the board. And I love the fact that you're doing that with the conscious partying. I had my first, I had, so this summer on the two eclipses in August, both of the Leo eclipses couldn't be more perfectly timed. I basically found myself hosting like sober raves on both of them. And for me still, that was kind of like the final frontier in a way of my um, sobriety. Um, and it's weird. I feel funny using the word sobriety because I'm not like sober, sober, but I just right. I consciously choose not to use that substance. You, you appreciate it or you see it as like a ceremony or as like yes, something to like exactly. pay reverence to rather than feeling like you needed to fill in a void. Yes. And never using it in an unconscious just because everybody else is. I'm on that it's same Friday page. night way. It's yeah. kind of like, in a ceremonial, with ceremonial reverence for the extremely potent psychoactive substance that alcohol is, I may occasionally choose it as an appropriate substance, right? But one of those occasions I had reserved it for was just kind of like wild, dancing with wild abandon and knowing that the freedom that that afforded my body and the way that that could move energy around my body was so pleasurable and so important to me that it was a, a useful substance. But on both these situations on the eclipse, I found myself dancing more wildly, more free, more euphorically than I ever had done. And I had, and it was the first time I'd ever done that without any alcohol. And it was just like, so liberating. Oh my God, it was amazing. That's so, I'm so really, awesome. And there's, there's someone I work with here in the city called Amy Kynock, um, who does something called Kundalini Disco. Which Fun. sounds kind of similar to what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 great because you kind of like you get the Kundalini buzz, and that's what gets you into the music mm-hmm. and like what kicks it off. And from there, you just go. 
Yeah, because I know like with my experience, I taught at Oregon Eclipse Gathering. So it was like a huge festival that mm. like 13 festivals from around the world came together wow. to produce this event to see the eclipse. And Amazing. so that's where we brought the alchemy sessions the first day of the festival. Mm. So it was all about like, what is your intention for the eclipse? What is your intention for the festival? Communion, like coming together, like creating a ceremony with it to be in this now age of like collaboration mm. and and seeing one another and also just being in that space and i had people all week through the festival and even after seeing how it was one of the most profound experiences that they had wow. and then what was really powerful and i loved that you talk i wanted to talk about this like feminine the feminist movement yes <laughs> and in the book like i love how you are really helping heal the taboo around our periods Yes. Um, and it was really fascinating. Like all of my girlfriends that were there, we all started our moons either wow. the first day of the festival or as soon as the eclipse hit. That like, is these amazing. Are, these are women who, you know, who had like birth control and all of the issues, like having their periods and they didn't have them for four months. And then as soon as the eclipse hit, boom, like here she comes. That's so, giving me goosebumps. I'm like, that's so powerful. The yeah. fact that you all that experienced that together. That's amazing. Uh, I, have <laughs> I love a good period story. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk about, you know, we've talked about this self-care and even the boundaries. Like those are all like very strong energies of the divine feminine revolution. That's really yes. coming back up, you know, of like saying yes. no, thank you and being yes. okay and honoring our sacredness and our space and really seeing our body and our energetic field as sacred temples. Yes. So I just want to talk about like, you know, how you're seeing, especially with so much that's going on right now. Mm. Um, it's, mm. you know, sometimes, especially as women who are more intense with in touch with their emotions and, you know, mm. we, we feel more like, mm -hmm. how are you seeing women come together to really support and to really inspire and to be the activist and really stand up and, you know, bring in this like mother earth nurturing energy? Well, I think, I mean, you know about Moon Club, of which course. is the, um, the online um, community that Alexandra Roxo and I have created together. Who was um, also I think on the that, Sovereign Goddess podcast. Yeah, he's so fabulous. <laughs> um, so, I mean, our intention with that was really to create a community um, for people who wanted to investigate spiritual, esoteric, witchy, um, healing practices um, and find community to do that with and support each other with it, within that um, who might not necessarily have access to it otherwise. And I think, you know, we were very aware that in living in cities like New York and LA, we have there's all these workshops, there's all these healers, there's people coming out of the spiritual closet, like left, right and center. And it's quite easy to find community um, to kind of like investigate that part of life with you. Whereas not so, not so much the case if you're living in a small town in like Ohio or, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we wanted to create something where people could actually find community. And I think community building is one of the key things that I'm really seeing as people um, just really consider long-term, what can I do? I think there's, there's been the initial kind of like angry and afraid reaction to some of the things we've been seeing go down. Um, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, stepping back from that, which has been a necessary sort of like purging of some very strong emotions that it's brought up. And but long-term and putting a boundary up, exactly. And really kind of like a, a no, a strong no. 
Um, but I think beyond that, long term, a lot of it's going to be about community and finding support so that we can feel really strong and empowered. Um, and we can see ourselves reflect, see our, our strongest, most powerful um, selves reflected in the community and the company that we keep. So I think community building is a really, really big one, whether that's through people actually setting up centers or forming groups online or offline and more and more kind of like moon circles, women's circles kind of forming. I'm just hearing about this stuff all the time and people feeling, I think there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing more actually empowering than being, knowing that you're supported by, by a group of people who are in the same, on the same mission as you. So oh, yeah, I think that's one of the main ones. It's a space for you to feel like you're not alone. And yeah. I think with so much of what's happening safe. right now, yeah, there's so many triggers that are happening for yeah. people right now. It's like, yeah. this is like deep root chakra healing. This is like uh-huh. opening the heart. Like I had a girl on, um, Sina Shakti, who was on my podcast and she was talking about cacao and mm. how the Mayan prophecy was that cacao would have its revival when the people needed to open their hearts again. Mm. Wow. You know, yes. and that's what's yes. happening. That's the thing. There's so much happening in the world now that could keep us so fearful. And the challenge daily almost is to choose not to succumb to the fear and close down as a result. Or, of that. or numb. Or numb. Or numb, like or numb of yeah. course. Exactly. Substances. Or I also feel like a big numbing tool that's kind of out of control at the moment is just overconsumption of information be that like social media, be that news headlines. Like you can, you can numb out for, for a couple of hours and keep yourself more in fear actually, just mm-hmm. reading more and more headlines about what's going on. Or you can choose to see what's actually in your reality in front of you right now, feel into the love that's in your life and take your actions and make your choices from that place, like whatever they may be, you know? Um, so I think that's a really big challenge, like you say, just kind of like keeping open hearted and keeping joyful. Like I was speaking to Alexandra about it yesterday. Um, I mean, what a week to be having this conversation. <laughs> of there course. Some, yeah, <laughs> of course. Because we've tried to have this interview three times. And it I was know. Like- <laughs> and it's today that Pluto, Pluto, goes, Pluto goes direct. Of course. And there's like, well, well we, tried, we tried to schedule during a Mercury retrograde. Like, yeah. it was just. I know. I know. <laughs> Here we are. But anyway, um, I think both of us were just kind of remarking or feeling the awe really of the the fact that the current events we're experiencing are actually making everybody really live in the moment because Mm -hmm. it's actually, if you, it's really bringing people into the present moment. And when you're really in the present moment, life can be so beautiful you know, if you're just looking at what you're seeing in front of you, you know, and, and it it's forces just, you to slow down. And, it you forces know, we, you to slow down and, and this, connect, uh, connect to people. Yeah. Because yeah. especially today, day and age, we're so like adrenal failure and like the nervous system and just like everything is just so overworked because we're trying, we're, you know, like if we're seeing like war or whatever on a TV screen, even if it's just a commercial for a movie, yeah. like yeah. our brains don't know the difference. Uh-huh. Yes, so exactly. You know, that's part of like the boundary that we need to be aware of what we're consuming. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yes, I have this like, I have this like patience app on my, on my phone and it shows ads because I have the free one and it's annoying because I want to just pay for it. But I can't find the paid one. Anyway, um, one of the ads is for this like war game called, I can't even remember what it's called. I'm not going to voice it anyway. And I've actually complained to the company. I'm like, 
I can't, I, I, love I do you. not approve. I do not approve <laughs> of you playing this ad. It's total fear mongering. It's warmongering. Yeah. But of course they want me to pay for their paid app. So they were probably, I was thinking about it. Hmm, they don't, yeah. But um, no, it's even things like that. I'm super, I'm hyper aware of it, of, of when that comes onto the screen of my phone, just like putting it away, choosing not to consume the fear, the message, the propaganda in that little clip for this game, which is like, the enemy are coming, build a wall. Like it's just, it's insane. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like more than ever, it's like, I'm always having crystals on me or like clearing the space. Like there's, I just had this, this woman who, um, she works up next door to my family's restaurant and Mm. she just gifted me a whole huge bag of white sage that she harvested herself from her, from her family's native. Like she's one of, she lives on the, on the, on the reservoir. And so she lives on the reservation. It's like straight. So I'm like, letting it dry out right now like such a blessing that's so awesome i found myself on the the um second um eclipse rave that i was hosting was on an island in croatia called obanyan and it's this amazing you would love it i think it's like a summer like an eight week long music and wellness kind of festival oh, yeah. that's all, that's like a resort and people just go for like their week's vacation or whatever but they have talks and workshops the whole time and djs and yoga meditation and all kinds and i was doing some numinous stuff there and I found out from the guys that run it that it's actually, so first of all, the island is on a bed of um, calcite, like naturally growing, just kind of in the sea, beautiful. We all came back with like chunks. <laughs> and then um, there was just like wild sage growing everywhere. Amazing. So we were just picking so much of it, drying it out. It yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, for me, it's more like I'm, I, I really doubled down on my meditation practice just in the name of really calming my nervous system and being able to, to really, really, really get super attuned to like the quality of my thinking, the quality of my thoughts, like in any given moment and to really be able to act fast when I can see that they're going in a certain direction and bring myself back. Literally for me, meditation is that it's the practice of bringing my own energy back to my focus point of attention, containing it bringing it back inside me so that I feel fully charged and able to really, you know, cope with whatever is going to we have to, we That's- have to be our fullest expressions right now. Like we, this yes. is our, t- this is, this is what we've been waiting for as light workers. And, mm. and I've been working on, on stepping out of the term warrior because then it mm. implies more war. Yeah. I also don't like the term resistance because I hate so, the term it resistance. Gives oh. So much power. To, I know. I'm not, if I say I'm resisting this thing, it's that acknowledging whatever that you this resist thing is even persists. There. Whatever yes. you resist persists. So I, I really don't like that term. And I'm very, and some people will say, oh, you're putting your head in the sand. I'm like, no, I'm facing towards the future that I believe is the truth and that I'm actively involved in creating. You have to focus more on what you do want rather yes. than what you don't want. And we have to exactly. focus on the solutions and not like go round and round in circles by like, oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I got triggered from that a couple of weeks ago and I like literally jumped on my Instagram live and I was like, okay, resist <laughs> needs to stop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and I, I just like my, the, the quote that like Mother Teresa has been coming so strong for me lately. Mm. And it's the quote that she said, how I will never attend an anti-war rally, but I will be there for a pro-peace rally, yes. you know? And it's so just really yes. understanding like what your, 
protesting or what you're standing up for as an activist or what it may be like focus on the solution not bitching about the problem over and over again or you know giving that the power i think that's what people need to that's the that needs to really aha that people need really need to resonate with yes exactly so thank you for spreading that message too oh yes yeah thank you thank you too (laughs) because i felt like i was like the only one i was like am i the only one that's seeing this like but that's been a big part of my, you know, stepping away from alcohol. It's like, I've really, as much as possible, focused on all of the reasons I'm choosing not to drink and how great it feels and how much time it gives me and how much more positive I feel about my life rather than thinking about all the reasons I'm not, you know? So yes, yeah, it, it can be applied it to, does, to it, most It's a more gentle approach too, yes. you know, because then you shame yourself loving. and yes. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're trying to like, you know, transmute the shame feel and just realize that it's just opportunities for and calls for us to like infuse more love, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, yeah, I've been seeing, I've been actively, you know, partaking in that shift myself because it's just like, obviously it hasn't been working. (laughs) Like doing the resist, like the resist movement hasn't been working and things like that. So it's like, okay, let's take a step back, like come from a space of neutrality where we yeah. can see each other and then be able to be like, okay, like be that eagle's, eagle's eye view of exactly. like, yes. how, like what is the higher perspective, like the highest exactly. perspective. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and so, yeah, going back to this feminism movement and things mm. like that, um, you know, and it's like, we're in autumn here in the Northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So I want to just talk about like the witch, you know, this term yes. witch and like, yes offering tools of people, you know, being able to help heal themselves again or to connect with nature. And this just the huge uprising of like women reclaiming their power back. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I don't know, like, I remember, so do you know who Kelly Catrone is? Yes. So Kelly Catrone was like a really early mentor on um, The Numinous. And I remember her saying to me that, and I haven't actually been to Salem, but all over Salem, there are t-shirts that say, which woman in total control, control herself. herself. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that. And, um, yeah, for me, that's all, which is, it's like a, a woman or person, person who, you know, has, has, um, who has access to all of their superpowers. We all have access to superpowers. If we can tune in and believe that, you know, we can all heal ourselves. We can all heal others. We can all, we all have an intuitive voice. We are all psychic. Like we all know what is the next right path to take if we can just tune in. But the thing is there's so much noise in the world um, and so many targeted messages trying to convince us that that is not the case, um, that it can be, it can be a practice in and of itself, simply learning how to trust and remember that we have all of these superpowers within us. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to remember, like when those icky stuff and the icky stuff comes up, that's our opportunity to see it as a reflection in our yeah. own lives of the areas that we need to be more caring to and, you know, more exactly. thoughtful to. Exactly. I mean, again, it's something Alexandra and I talk about a lot. And in the chapter on the divine feminine, I really talk about how one of the um, what I see is one of the biggest tragedies of the suppression of the, the feminine principle and um, the fear, fearfulness around kind of female power that has accompanied that or preceded that is this idea of competition between women mm-hmm. and women not and feeling 
than that being born of kind of like when we see a woman being in her true power, it triggers some kind of like fear or competition or envy within us because we believe that that's not enough of that power for all of us to embody it, for all of us to rise. And I just think that's so, so incredibly sad, but a really important thing for us all to work with and move through. So something else I'm doing in my life is just whenever I feel triggered by another woman or I feel competitive or jealous, which happens all the time, partly because of social media and we're human, (laughs) my practice is really to look at like, okay, what is she embodying that I feel is lacking in me for whatever reason? And how can I, what, how can I remind myself that, that, that I have access to that also? And how can I then focus on cultivating more of that in my life, you know, rather than projecting onto this innocent being who's just being fucking fabulous, <laughs> all of my own feelings of lack, you know, and not enough. And so that's been a really interesting practice to work with this summer. Yeah. And I think it's like a lot of that grounding of our being and the worthiness and Mm. really feeling like we don't need to hide behind like this veil or, you know, this image of who we're supposed to be. I I definitely feel there's a huge revival of the authentic movement. Mm. You know, like people are like the mantra that I use here, it's like, be real, be authentic. Mm. And like when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, it's so sexy. Like it's so like attractive and like people want that, you know, but for so long, like with this, the, the rise of the patriarchy in the past, like, you know, this past Piscean age, Mm. Mm. it was just so much of like pushing that down and like doubting that, or just like belittling, like so much belittling. And then we have that stored inside our like cellular membrane. Exactly. Exactly. That to be successful, attractive, desirable must look like this, basically, yeah. whatever that means, you know, on whatever level. I just interviewed Amanda Decadene about her new book. It's called It's Messy. And I love it. I love the title of that book because I'm like, yeah, it really is. It's and we're so actually messy. Seeing, yeah. We're seeing that mess like full self. It's out for everyone <laughs> to see now. The messiness yeah. of life is all out there. Like literally no one knows what what they're doing <laughs> yeah so now is the time to really tune in to exactly what you said that authentic that authentic sense of self which is what which is where our intuition lies as well. and it comes it comes from the lies. self-love it comes from the self-love yes. first you know like when you start yes. to love yourself you're just like fuck what everyone else says like <sighs> so i love me yeah it's like it's moksha. So it is the definition of moksha it's just yes like that yes. whole like this is who I am. And I think people are like realizing too, like you can't please everyone yes. <laughs> and that's okay. But yeah, like uh, we talked about earlier, like there is this very strong cultivation of tribe that mm. is really coming to the, like coming up right now. Mm-hmm, and I feel definitely. like, you know, there's no accident that, you know, the rise of the now age and the rise of like all of the mysticism and all these things are happening because this is, you know, we came on this earth to heal. Like we yes. came to heal the parts of our, the facets of our soul that, you know, aren't, need a little more love. Yeah. Yeah. And that have so, been in some way persecuted. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I wanted to ask you about, okay, so you're doing the book, you've got the numinous. Can you also yes. just explain what the numinous is? Like numinous, what is the word? So the word numinous, the first definition I ever heard, and it's the one I stick with, um, it means that which is unknown or unknowable. 
And when relating that to our experience, up to our lives, I use it to describe anything that comes within the realm of human experience that we can't necessarily put into words. We don't necessarily have the language to describe. So that could be a feeling and experience, just a sense and knowing. It's those parts of life that are just, I, there are no words, like it's indefinable. Yeah. We, and yet it's, it, it's super real. It's supernatural, the supernatural, you know? Yeah, it's, totally. It's numinous. <laughs> I, I just love, love the words. I mean, I'm a, such a wordsmith. I've been a writer my entire career and career, but life, you know, I've just always been so in love with words. And that word, as soon as I heard it, I saw it on the cover of a magazine. So the numinous is began life as a blog, as a website, um, an online magazine, I guess. Um, that covered all things new age, but updated for what I call the now age, um, which is now <laughs> the age of Aquarius. Yeah, the, I, call it, the know, golden, the I call it the golden era. I love know, it. It's this time of like us to shine, like who yeah. we are, and to like yes. our now. brilliance. Yeah. Yes, to be in the now, to really like be without the conditioning of past, without the fear of the future, to be in the now and to act from that place. It's it's what it is, you know. Um, so yeah, the numinous has expanded over the years into events. There's obviously the book now, um, started hosting retreats. Moon club is the kind of like the membership part of it, the community part of it. So yeah, it's, it's multifaceted. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I just really wanted to talk about too, because we are talking about this being, you know, you've birthed this, you know, and mm. I really appreciate your vulnerability about, you know, the whole idea of motherhood mm. because I have a lot of my girlfriends that, you know, are choosing not to be mothers. Like they're mm. like, it's just never been, never been drawn to it. Like yeah. I, you know, I have like, I'll be looking forward to my nieces and nephews or, you know, and I have like other projects. So mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you uh, <laughs> because I know there's a lot of, that's been part of the things that we're healing too with the feminist movement is not having this like cookie cutter look of what it is to be a woman, yes. you know, and what it is to create, what yes. it is to, 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 to be a creator, literally yeah. a goddess, a goddess. What is a goddess or a goddess, but a creator of life right and i think that yeah there's been not to obviously motherhood is a profound and beautiful experience and it, none of us would be here none of this would even exist without motherhood um of course but at the same time i, I believe that part of the suppression of the feminine principle has been this idea that the only way a woman can truly create or create anything of value in the world is to create children is to create new life when actually there are so many ways that we can express our creative energy, our Shakti in the world and mm -hmm. bring, give birth to, to all kinds of things, you know? So yeah, I, I was really, I mean, I still like, I tear up every time I read that chapter because it's, I think, so profound and it's been a huge, for me, I even talk about in that, you know, the, the number of times I've had editors ask me to write about this like strange phenomenon of not wanting to have a child and the kind of, the societal pressure that's put on us as women to follow that path um, and how strange or weird we're meant to, we're, we're often made to feel when we don't or we express that we don't want to have children. You know, I've 
I'm or so you can't, deep. or if you oh, can't, you can't. Exactly. yeah, there's so much of that failure, going on right now. Oh that you're somehow gosh. a failure, that you're somehow cold and unfeeling, that you're selfish, like all of this stuff. And it's like, I've, yeah, I mean, it, it, in a weird way, it hasn't been hard because my intuition and my deep knowing has always been that that wasn't my path. And so, yeah, I've, I'm happy to be able to be a, a, a voice for that path, you know? So thanks for acknowledging it. And it's interesting to hear you say, I do think that, you know, for younger generations and even future generations, it won't be so much of a charged subject, but still, but still it's, but still by far the norm. I was actually having a conversation with my friend Kate yesterday because a part, one of the big fears is kind of like that thing about, but what about when I'm really old and my partner's passed away and I'm just on my own and there's no one to look after me? you know, that thing. <laughs> but I was speaking to my friend Kate yesterday and she's like, oh, it's okay. I found the, I found the plot of land in New Mexico. We're going to buy a plot. We're going to like pimp it out. We're going to each have our own little house. We'll have full staff. There'll be doctors and nurses on site. We'll grow all our own vegetables. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And she's like, and the only criteria, the only criteria for membership is you're, you can't have any kids. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, count me in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. It's so interesting. Like, I mean, even like with the numinous that you have and you're super busy and all these things and you know like even though this is your child and in a way and what you're doing how are you finding the time to connect with nature and how are you finding the time to you know really have this balance because being in front of the screen all the time with like the emf waves and yeah. You know, yeah, you're traveling and you're speaking and doing all these things. So you're able to like get out of like being in front of the computer 24-7. But I just, I think there's like, there's such a strong need and for us to like really connect with nature again and to like really yes. get back to basics and even social media detoxes and things like that. As we, talk, we were talking about the nervous system earlier and things like that. Like, what are you doing to help you stay sane <laughs> as you're promoting this book and running the numinous yeah. and, and all these retreats and moon club and well, I'm the just past like two years, out of the past, you. The past two years, really not, really not. Like I've really burned, I really burned myself out really quite badly and had quite a big crash after my book first came out. But then of course the book came out and that's when you have to be really on. So that was like a really, really challenging time because I was so burnt out by that point. And I suddenly realized that like, oh shit, now is when it starts. I thought that all the work leading up to it was the work, the hard part, but it was actually afterwards. Um, and so, yeah, I really haven't, it's the honest truth. And it's not, it, it's, it's something that I've addressed this summer. So I spent, I, I was lucky enough to do, um, I did a three and a half week, week sort of like trip around Europe. So I did a, a week hosting stuff on this island in Croatia, which was just like, oh, heaven. It's all pine trees. Like I said, it's built on crystals. I need to go. Like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> um, Conscious travel. So there was that. And then I um, did it, met my, my, my brother lives in Berlin. So he and his wife came with my little nephew, Henry, um, who's two and a half. And we spent a week in Italy with them. And then I was in you the UK. You were in Puglia, right? I was in Puglia, yeah. That's where my family's from. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Very cool. We were near Ostuni. Oh, so fun. It's beautiful. Yeah. So we had a week there. Um, and then I went to the UK. And the place, so I actually grew up in an extremely rural, like wild fields on a river, barefoot kid, like climbing trees, kind of childhood. So that was how I grew up. But I was always. 
I was always kind of like fascinated by the city and I was so excited when we moved to the city, like the glamour of it. And that was the first time I feel like my glamour addiction really kicked in. It was kind of like, this is where the action is. This is where the glamour is. Um, (laughs) So I've always very much identified as a real city girl and I can definitely go, I can go a long time actually without nature or so I thought. Um, Because honestly, the way I felt after coming back from this three weeks, because I spent some time where I, grew up with my mom as well before a few days in London I felt so refreshed I was like beaming I felt so happy I was so inspired and excited and I realized as well that I had over that three and a half week period only really spent like an hour or two a day at my computer which is not my usual mo particularly when writing the book and it made me realize that in the writing process because that was such a huge weight of computer work on top of running a website on top of setting up a digital online community on top of everything else, it was just like, I was doing 12 hour days at my desk for like two years. Um, and it really made me realize like how, how, um, how undercharged I like how, how much I needed to really kind of like make sure that I maintained this going forward. So I've been, of course, this is New York and it's easy to get sucked back into it, but I've been much, much better. It's kind of like, you know, they say it takes 40 days to like break a habit. I kind of feel like having that extended period away from desk and email was enough to make me go, okay, yeah, I don't actually need to be. So it's crept in a little bit, but I'm really, I'm saving. I'm one, one cool kind of life hack. (laughs) I've been just doing, I've been doing like my dedicated email hours between like 5 and 7 PM because my creative like Shakti brain time is first thing in the morning and during the whole morning. So I'm really keeping that as clear as possible. And I have an assistant now who kind of will text me if there's anything urgent in my inbox. So I don't actually need to look at it until it gets to later in the afternoon and I can just kind of use the residual energy from the day to kind of quickly do that. But in terms of the nature thing, I've been planning with my husband, we're gonna get out of the city this week and find somewhere to hike. Cause I really, yeah, I'm like, okay. Back to my roots. Yes, okay. I do need nature and I am a total tree hugger, born and bred. Like, there's just no more denying it. In fact, speaking of Joshua trees, hugging those trees, (laughs) hugging those Joshua trees is like, oh my God, it's like plugging into the source direct. It's incredible. Yeah, I I usually, uh, I'm doing like going to the park every day Mm. and like hiking or just like being by myself or with my dog. And so there's always a place for you to stay in my house in Joshua Tree. Thanks. Great. That's okay. Good to know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at like people like you that I'm just like, I'm so in awe with how you're doing it all and, you know, creating these systems and having this like machine kind of like flowing and I know it didn't it didn't take it wasn't overnight it definitely hasn't been overnight and it has definitely been step by steps totally intuitive very very grassroots um and I have burnt out a lot but the difference is where I burnt out in my kind of journalism career before there was a sense of hopelessness accompanying that the burnout now is like more just like Oh damn! I'm gonna have to take a break, but I'm so excited listen. to be doing this. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, I need to take a break, but I'm still excited and super passionate. And as soon as I get back into it, I'm like, right, let's go again. Yeah, you know. So it's definitely it's a very different tone to the burnout, but it still happens. And I kind of, you know, my I like I've really, really, like I said, doubled down on my meditation practice. I go to bed at like 9:30 p.m. 
I, just, I love that. I'm I trying barely, that right now. I'm trying I barely, that. I barely go out in the evenings unless it's kind of like, you know, a real master that's usually something to do with promoting my book at the moment. Um, so yeah, I'm just very, I'm very strict about my schedule. Yeah, that's great. That's part yeah. of the boundary again, you know, yes, it's just going back exactly. to the boundary. Exactly. Yeah. Making sure that your cup is full so that it can overflow because mm -hmm. we're holding a lot of space. Yes. Like talking yes. about this stuff is not light stuff. Exactly. Yes, it really isn't. Exactly. When you think about, and I try not to think too often about like how many potential ears it's reaching and like where these conversations go and where my work goes because that can become overwhelming in and of itself, you know? Totally. The best thing for me is just to stay super focused in the moment, as we keep saying, and like, what's the, the next most important thing to say and do? Yeah. Okay. So speaking about in the moment, I have some mm. quick questions in the moment okay. for you. <laughs> yes. Love what it. is inspiring you at this moment? Um, having doing loads of podcasts. I'm loving doing podcasts it's and so meeting fun. all of you, all of you guys. Like it's really, really, I, yeah, it's been great. So the conversations I'm having with people like yourself are what ins are inspiring me. Um, also, yeah. Um, not, not, not being in my email, not thinking that email is equals productivity and, um, re being reminded of how joyful it feels to put space in every day for, to be creative. I love that. Mm. What is your current mantra? Oof. I'm not very good with mantras. Um, what is the thing that you're even telling yourself, you know, like what has been your guidepost to like keep you sane during this like podcast yeah. episodes and all these things? Yeah. Um, be in the moment and you can be happy, I guess. Be in the that. moment and be happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Who would you say are some of your favorite goddesses, either ancient goddesses or modern day goddesses? Ah, I find these questions, these kinds of questions so hard because I change my mind on these things all the time. That's what we're saying right now. Yeah. Okay. So right now, um, um, God, I don't know. I mean, Carly comes to mind because I'm just like, like oh, my favorite. Yeah, she's like raging full force right now, right? Yeah. And totally. I, as much as it's as much as I could flip into fear about what we're seeing in terms of all the environmental events, at the same time, I'm like, I am just in awe. I'm in awe of that power. So yeah, yeah, that's I guess she she's kind of pretty much always up there. <laughs> cool. Uh, what would you say is the one book that really shifted things for you? Well, when I read Eat, Pray, Love, I think I read it in 2010. It was right, no, it was 2008. What was it? It was around then. Um, it was the first time I really kind of thought that there was room for spirituality in my life, or it might be something I wanted to investigate, I suppose. So I guess that book was for me, it was a, it was a turning point kind of a book. There's a book that. that I'm talking about a lot at the moment that I'm kind of recommending anyone everywhere. It's called Outrageous Openness. 
mm. um, by someone called Tosha Silva, and she's an astrologer based out of San Francisco. The subhead is letting the divine take the lead. And it's just so it's so beautifully written, and it's just so simple and funny and sweet, and it's just lots of little stories from her life about which are all these reminders of everything is unfolding exactly as it should. Mm-hmm. And our job is simply to show up with an open heart and to be willing and to be enthusiastic. And it's just it consistently a reminder to me to be in that state of like, I'm just showing up and doing the best I can today because it's all that. happening. It's all happening, you know? Yeah. I think that's been one of my mantras lately. It's all happening. It's all happening. <laughs> it just is. It's all happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What would you tell Ruby Slippers today? Oh, Ruby Slippers. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't read the book, Ruby Slippers was my nickname and my first kind of like fashion magazine job. <laughs> I love the story at Burning Man when you were like, I just wish I could just like click my, my ruby that slippers. Was my, that was my first burn too in 2004. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. Ah. yeah. So you, as you know, mine wasn't sober burned at all. Um, what would I tell Ruby Slippers? I would tell her she's doing a really good job. You know? Yeah. Like I think. I don't know. I, 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 it's, again, it's a, it's a hard question that kind of like, what advice would you give the old self? But like, I'm grateful for every step of my path. Like there are no regrets. I truly believe that everything I've experienced, I needed to experience to bring me to where I am. So I think I would just say to her, yeah, good job. Just enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. Mm, I love that. (laughs) And where do you see the numinous taking off like I mean it already has but like where do you see as the evolution of the numinous and well I definitely want to do more large-scale live events retreats um definitely retreats but also kind of like experiences you know big community experiences um there's a lot of joy to be had and I feel like the connection and the communities that get built out of those kind of experiences are really really fab and in fact I would love um for you to share with your your following, Alexandra and I are going to be taking over Kripalu, um, the yoga retreat center in Massachusetts for the first week of January um, for a retreat from January 1st to the 5th called New Year, New You. And it's going to be myself, Alexandra, Betsy LaFay, who's the psychic medium who's, who's featured in the book, Lindsay Mack, who's my resident tarot person, and Sada Simone, who's an incredible meditation um, guide and happiness coach. So we're going to be doing a whole series of workshops over that whole week. And I'm just like, I can't think of a better way to oh, kick off so 2018. Beautiful. So those kinds of experiences, more of that sort of, sort of work, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. And more books. And more sure. books. That's, that's going to be like, there better be another book because yes, I, literally, I read this book in one sitting. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. It's just so good. I mean, like I said, I, it just felt like. I was re- it was like so many parallels with my own life that I was yeah, like, so cool. it just resonated so well. So I'm super grateful for this book and for you taking the time to do that. But cool. okay. So where could we find more of you and the numinous and material girl mystical world? And- well, the numinous is uh, the website is the dash the hyphen numinous.com. Um, it's updated most days and we post about all the um, stuff that's on there on our Facebook page, which is the numinous magazine and on Instagram, which is the underscore numinous. Um, so those are the main social channels that I use. Um, the book is sold everywhere. I like to direct people to a website called Indie Bound, 
which will help you buy it from your local indie bookstore. Love that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and yeah, keep, keep following on social for news of updates of kind of like live experiences and events as well. So the Kripalu one, the January one is the big one at the moment. That's so fun. Yeah, I had to make come, a trip out to, out to New York. Oh my God. Bring your, bring your moon crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we be coming. We come. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Okay. And if there's one little piece of advice that you would like to share with everyone that's listening that has really helped you thrive as you've built this queendom, mm. what would you say? It's kind of an old one, but like there's no per perfection is a con is a non-concept. There's no such thing as perfect. So do not wait for the conditions to be perfect before you do what you need to do in the world. You start doing it, and then you kind of like tweak and perfect, and 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 it grows and it evolves as you move along. But like just do it. Just like literally just start. Oh yeah, that's so that's another goddess I've been thinking about recently. Nike, the goddess of victory. Yeah. you know just do just it just do it like Nike <laughs> yes I love that yes yes awesome well thank you like I said this is like vision board like manifestation happening right now it's just Aww. been such so a treat meeting you it was so nice like when I got the email you're like oh like let's let's do a podcast together I was like oh my god this is happening it's, happening. <laughs> it's all happening so Yes. Thank you everyone for listening and Thank you can you. check out more of Ruby. All of the links are in the show notes below. And I'm just, uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for bringing this information to and using your platform to really help waken the masses in such a beautiful and graceful way. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for people like you that are really here dedicated and doing the Dharma to help people wake up and align to their highest self so thank you so much thank you so much for all of your work too i can't wait to come to one of your your ecstatic raves oh it's gonna be so fun <laughs> yes we'll get super weird on the dance floor perfect my face <laughs> yeah. well thank you everyone for listening and thank we'll be you. seeing more of you soon take care okay bye bye